The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or its staff and volunteers. Gratitude goes out to you today for listening to Eco Radio KC on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This is a locally made exploration into positive solutions to some of today's ecological challenges for all of us working to create a healthier future for our communities and for the world you live in. Filters, ladies and gentlemen, can go to that compost bin out back. Well, it's more friendly, baby. It's more friendly. It gives that garbage a second life. Well, now 30% of household trash is yard clippings and kitchen scraps. If you don't want a landfill in your neighborhood, then compost is where it's at. Well, it's more friendly, baby. It's more friendly. It gives that garbage a second life. It gives that garbage a second life. I said it gives. It gives that garbage a second life. And many more. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. My name is Darnell. Today on Eco Radio KC, host Terry Wilkie will speak with Matt Riggs, planner two in the Solid Waste Management Department at Mid-America Regional Council. Mark, the KC Foodwide Project addresses food waste and sustainable food systems in the KC metro area. There are many great opportunities for you to help build a sustainable food 
food system in the Kansas City region. We will provide the latest news, events, listing, and volunteer and job opportunities right here. Food loss and waste hurts us all. Our community, economy, and the environment all suffers as over 30% of all food in the United States goes to waste every year. The goal of Mark's Food Loss and Waste, FLW, workshop series is to develop strategic action steps necessary to move the Kansas City region forward on FLW reduction. These action steps will form the core of a regional food waste action plan. Because of the role your business or organization plays in the region's food system, Mark needs your voice at the table. Terry and Matt will tell listeners all the details. We support the work for a future in which humans flourish as members of a thriving ecosphere. We are all in this together, and it will take all of us to make the world safe for human habitation for millennia to come. Eco Radio KC is glad to encourage awareness and protection of our world. Our goal is to ensure our listeners are aware of how we can create a sustainable present or a sustainable future. This will be a great radio hour. Now our show. Good evening, everyone. This is Terry Wilkie, and am I lucky tonight? I have in the studio with me Matt Riggs. Hi, Matt. You want to tell everybody hey? Hey, Terry. How are you? Well, I am all the better because you're here with us. And listeners, if you heard the first, the top of our hour, that Compost Hotel was by Eco Elvis. And quiet as it's kept, Matt Riggs is Eco Elvis. And I'm going to tell you, I, I love your CDs that you cut on Eco Elvis. So that one was Compost Hotel, 100% appropriate for our topic tonight, which is the KC Foodwise project. Now, Matt, you're a planner at Mid-America Regional Corporation. Hereafter, we're going to call it Mark. Mm-hmm. And um, tell the listeners, what is the KC Foodwise project? It is simply uh, a project that is geared to reduce food, uh, to increase access to healthy food in our area, and to build a sustainable food system that benefits not only us, but our larger community and our planet. Okay, so um, it addresses food waste and sustainable food systems where, where, like all over Kansas and Missouri, it's, or it's, tri-state area? It's our, it's our region. The, the Mark region is the nine-county area, so Platte, Clay, Ray, Jackson, and Cass on the Missouri side, uh, Leavenworth, Wyandotte, Johnson and Miami on the Kansas side, so the greater metro area. Yeah, thank you for that. I don't think you can say that enough to the people. Mid-America Regional Council has got a region, and your municipality can sign on to the region at opportunities Mm -hmm. and be part of the Mid-America Regional Council. And I... I live in Lawrence, many listeners know, and we didn't sign up with Mid-America Regional Council. <laughs> so um, sometimes I think, well, you know, what, what were we thinking, you know, as a community? But you've got all these counties in the greater Kansas City area. And so when did the FoodWise project start? It started in October of 2021. Um, we got, uh, Mark got a grant from EPA Region 7 called a Sustainable Materials Management Grant. Uh, 
Um, it was a two-year grant uh, for $175,000, and the goal of it was to reduce the amount of food waste that's wasted and sent to landfills in the Kansas City region. And it kind of had three, three objectives. One was to create the website, kcfoodwise.org. Another was to do a consumer outreach campaign, and the third component uh, was to create a long-range uh, food waste action plan. And so that was a two-year project mm -hmm. that you did, and that created KC Foodwise. Mm -hmm. And so then the EPA project expired. It was only two years. Mm -hmm. And then Mark has taken it on as Mark's own KC Foodwise project, or? Yes, yeah, so the one of the hats I wear at Mark is I'm the outreach coordinator for the Solid Waste Management District, so this falls neatly under our purview of solid waste management. Uh, so we just agreed to take it on and keep expanding it and improving it into the future. Well, how is this done? How is it done? <laughs> well, think, think back. You were there when uh -huh. EPA was running the show, right? They had parameters. I'm sure I used uh -huh. to work for the federal government. Right. I'm sure they gave you parameters. Right. So now you don't have necessarily those EPA parameters, but how are you doing Casey Foodwise? I assume that you're jumping off from the point that you built up under right. the EPA, correct? Right. Yeah. So so tell me what you did. What what from nothing to now? What, <laughs> what is that? Right. So so let me let me back up a little bit. The the website what the first thing we did it launched back on September 11th 2023 and the first thing we did was we launched a consumer outreach campaign to make the community aware of the program so that used all types of media digital media social media etc just to get the word out and it's and the real focus of that campaign uh, was to get people to take simple steps to reduce food waste and also save money in their home um, so that ran for a couple months until Thanksgiving um, another important part of this project is uh, the FoodWise Advisory Committee. Uh, that was formed to help us um, put this project together, um, but it decided to stay together after the project ended because interest in this topic is, is just all over the map. Well, People I like it. food. I thought yeah. you were, <laughs> right. when you reached out and said, well, I'd like to be on Eco Radio. You know, we play during the dinner hour. And right. so talking about food, it right. works for us. It yeah. should hit home, mm -hmm. I hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the FoodWise Advisory Committee uh, is a great group of people who um, represent really um, all, all components of the local food system. It represents like cities and counties, uh, food policy groups, um, um, organics management industry, food recovery groups. I mean, we have 20 plus uh, members on there representing all those from across the metro area. And they're, they're, they've been a guiding force for this project and they're continue to be an awesome sounding board for other ideas and keeping this work moving forward, so. Well, when we were discussing our conversation tonight, you said to me, you see the job of the Casey Foodwise project is to educate the public about mm. food waste. Mm -hmm. And so what kind of educational opportunities are you providing? Well, on our, our website, we have a take action page. Uh, okay, now, uh -huh. did you say loud and clear that website? This yeah, the, the website is called kcfoodwise.org. 
foodwise.org. One word, foodwise. kcfoodwise.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the sections on there is take action, and that's what we promoted to um, our users. And it, it really goes down the whole gamut of how we all interact with food um, on a daily basis. Um, it, it takes into account, you know, planning, shopping, storing, prepping food, eating food, sharing food, composting food. So your whole relationship with food is represented in those action areas. And, and those, each of those pages on that part of the website has specific actions people can take to reduce food waste. Well, you're not talking badly about food, are you, Matt? You guys are saying all good things about food, right? That's right. Yeah. Food is good, and it should be eaten by people, preferably. But the educational <laughs> component is that if you have leftover food that is not any good anymore, mm-hmm. that food can be composted. Yes. The food mm-hmm. waste mm-hmm. can be composted. Mm-hmm. And so then say a few words to our listeners, although we do this many times on Eco Radio. What, what good is compost? What do you... Well, compost, the biggest, one of the biggest things is it keeps uh, organic waste out of the landfill. Um, and that is very important because it doesn't break down aerobically. Well, because the, the landfills are contained, they're, right. air, they're air. There's no anaerobic, air right? Yeah, they're anaerobic, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so when food breaks down, it does break down. It, it creates methane, which is a very powerful greenhouse gas. So it, it, landfills are a major contributor to climate change. Uh, so that's that's one of the things. Um, but food, you know, when people. Well, let me share a couple statistics, I think, that are really hit at home. So if we're talking like the amount of food waste created in the average home, basically, if you imagine you go to the grocery store, you buy three bags of groceries, you bring all three of them home, uh, you put two of them away in your refrigerator, your cabinet, and you just take the third one and throw it in the trash. That's how much food each household wastes, one third of the food that they buy. And that costs the average home about $1,800 a year which is a huge amount of money that, I don't know about you, but I could spend it on other things than stuff I'm gonna throw in the trash. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, composting is, you know, once you've exhausted all other opportunities for using that food, composting is a great way to get rid of it because it helps prevent greenhouse gases and it creates what the industry calls black gold, which is a soil amendment, compost, which is the best thing you can put on your gardens and plants. We just had a couple of shows about the regenerative farming practices and the importance of improving the soil because mm-hmm. what we have done is compress soil and take or- organic material out of it until it's and knifed it, tilled it until it's just like dust. It's like mm-hmm. powder. Right. And nothing grows well in that. So compost is food for the soil. It, right. it rebuilds our soil and our mm-hmm. gardens. Yeah, so that's, that's good news. And um, so what kind of food waste can a person put into their compost? Well, it depends on what type of composting method you're using. If you are composting, like have backyard composting, um, you can put any type of food scrap in there with the exception of uh, meat, dairy, eggs, those kind of products, bones, shells, those kind of things. Um, Those do not break down in backyard composting because the temperature does not get hot enough in your little four by four bin 
to completely dissolve meat, cheese, eggs, those kind of things. So those should go in the trash if you're doing your own composting. However, if you're if you subscribe to curbside composting or using one of the drop-off uh, locations in the metro area, you can literally put anything you would eat, including stuff that comes out of your food like bones and shells in your compost bin. Well, you know, you're educating me, Matt. So I know you're off work now, but thank you. This is Terry Wilkie. I'm talking to Matt Riggs. He's a planner, too, with Mark in the Solid Waste Division. We're talking about food waste and how it can be put to better purposes. We'll be right back after this short break. Tune in to Economics for the People every fourth Thursday at 7 p.m. It's a show about people and communities, economics, life, and livelihoods, about diverse voices and economic experiences. Join us on a collective journey to shape and reimagine an economy that prioritizes people over profit. Economics for the People, every fourth Thursday at 7 p.m. Hey, Night Owls. KKFI has eight new overnight shows airing between midnight and 5 a.m. starting the week of January 22nd. That's eight new Night Owls like you, staying up late, listening to music. Tune in or visit the KKFI archives starting January 22nd to listen to the eight new locally produced overnight music shows. And we are back. This is Terry Wilkie. You're listening to Eco Radio KC. Tonight I'm talking with Matt Riggs. He's an employee of the Mid-America Regional Council, and they have a FoodWise project. And the topic of our conversation this evening is food waste. Now, Matt, when we took our break, you had just got to the point where you were explaining that there, we were talking about composting food waste. And there are two ways to do that. There's probably a million more ways to do that. But basically, a person can have a compost in their yard. For example, I have one of those tumbling Mm -hmm. uh, containers in my backyard. Or you can have it commercially composted. And so... You were saying the advantage to commercial composting is a person can put every kind of food waste into Mm -hmm. a commercial compost bin Mm -hmm. for pickup. And that includes fats and bones and skins, animal products, milk, Mm -hmm. cheese, Mm -hmm. animal products that we never think to put in our yard. And so the difference, you explained to me, is that commercial composting is able to get the food waste at a much higher temperature so that it mm-hmm. breaks down mm-hmm. the um, animal byproducts. Right. And so that's absolutely amazing to me. I, I know it's true for a fact. Now then, let's talk about commercial composting in the greater Kansas City area. Do you want to name us a few of the Companies, we've had many of them on Eco Radio. We'd like to have you all contact us when you can. But so, what are the options for people if they don't want to 
take it out to the yard. Yeah, so so there um, there is an option. You know, backyard composting is great for anybody who lives in a single family home with a yard. Uh, but if you live in an apartment, there's also options. One is uh, Bokashi composting, which is uses fermentation. Um, another is vermicomposting, which uses worms. Um, it sounds gross, but they make the, some of the best compost in the world, and it's a self-contained system. Well, you live in an apartment. You do that in your kitchen, you say? Yeah, you can do it in your kitchen. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, the worms won't get out and hurt you. Um, <laughs> they'll just eat your waste and thank you. Um, so, so that's one thing. But in terms of um, some of the other composting options, there, the, a lot more of them have sprung up in the last few years. Um, there are several organizations that provide curbside pickup or you can subscribe and they will come by your house and pick up like a five gallon bucket of compost. Um, and there are a lot of drop off options opening up throughout the metro area where you can uh, take your bin and empty it and um, it gets picked up and taken to the processing area. So yeah, there's, you know, Missouri Organic works with commercial facilities. Uh, Casey Can Compost works with both uh, commercial and drop-off for residential a compost or Casey Compost Collective. Um, they have both business and residential options. Uh, Kansas City Food Cycle, I think, is working primarily with, with businesses on the Kansas side. Um, so there's, you know, and then like drop-off options like Herbivore Farm, you can, there's a place where you can take and drop off your food waste out there. So um, these, these, opportunities are only going to keep increasing because I know a lot of uh, several of our local cities are really interested in developing and expanding those options for their residents. Well, I live in Lawrence, Kansas, and the city picks up my compost. I do pay a fee for a big bin on wheels. Mm -hmm. It's very convenient for me <laughs> mm -hmm. to wheel from one side of the house to the other. And I kind of play a game with the pickup guys where I try to fill the bin every every week when they mm -hmm. pick it up because I know that they think, well, where's all this stuff coming from? But I put my yard waste in it mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And I mix that with the food waste. And mm -hmm. so then the city puts it in a commercial compost. And I suspected that compost material i thought oh i knew i was putting bindweed in it for mm -hmm. example mm -hmm. and i thought oh heck now when i use the city's compost you have to go pick it up but you can pick it up they've got a front-end loader you can mm -hmm. put it in a truck or pay somebody to take a truck out there and get it and i thought it was going to be full of bindweed but do you know i have a friend who has trucks full of the city compost sitting in the yard all the time to put around in the various flower beds and there's no bindweed coming up in the middle of that so it got sufficiently hot is what you're telling me to even kill the bindweed mm -hmm. so i think commercial composting is is nothing short of fabulous yeah and it's and it's uh you know it costs you some money but it's takes all of the hassle out of managing it yourself. Because if you do have a backyard compost bin, you have to make sure it's managed. Uh, that way it keeps composting. and doesn't get too dry or too wet or has the wrong mix of materials. But if it's commercial, it's pretty much put it in your bin, they pick it up, somebody else composts it for you. So that's a pretty good deal. Certainly there are ordinance about how you 
what your neighbors can complain about aspects of how you live. And there are ordinance on composting in the city of Kansas City, Missouri. Missouri. It, the one I found talks about windrows of compost material that have to be set back at least 250 feet from all property lines and at least 500 feet from any residential dwelling unit. But you pointed out to me, Matt, that to have a windrow of compost material, that would be an inner city commercial composting place. Yeah. As I was telling you, we had been reporting in the news this appeal hearing by herbivore uh, farm at, in front of the Kansas City Board of Zoning Adjustment. And that happened just last week. And so I did find uh, a little finish to our news story. I know I asked people uh, if they wanted to go and attend and show support for the idea of composting because on Eco Radio, we're, we're all for compost. And herbivore did have to they have to meet some compliance within six months another master plan development um, try to get a different road built into their large composting area they have trucks going in and out and there were complaints from neighbors about the trucks on their street and uh, the the set aside you know having it some feet away from residential homes, but herbivore was not told to shut down. And that was the fear before. I mean, they were called in front of the appeals uh, board, but they were not shut down. Everyone sees the great beauty of composting. So tell me, what do you know about urban rules, compost rules? Well, I'm not. I'm not an expert on on the on the rules in terms of the um, ordinances and stuff like that. Um, but I do know that you know, the, the common type of gripes you might get from a neighbor would be smell. Um, it could be that you have some extra varmints running around because we've had. I've gone back to my compost bin and there's been a, you know, a possum back there, or a raccoon, or you know, a mouse or something. But it's out in the corner of the yard, so. It's not bothering me, and as long as none of the neighbors complain, you know, it's yeah, nature at work. <laughs> my frank feeling is sometimes yeah. dogs get into your compost, but that's kind of, right. if it's the neighbor's dogs, yeah. that's kind of their responsibility right. to sort yeah. of mon- they, Dogs sure. are not supposed to be running around right. all over. Right. So it really comes down, if, if you do a good job of maintaining and managing your compost. Right, it builds community. It really does. <laughs> so, yeah, so really it's about keeping the smell uh, to minimum to nothing and the appearance. You know, uh, if you, like in our uh, compost bin, we put, you know, uh, waste paper, such as like, you know, old newspapers or Kleenexes and paper towels because they're a great source of carbon for the for the bin. So we have to keep that kind of covered up because people don't want to think, hey, they're dumping trash in their backyard. But it's not trash. It's part of the compost mix. So, And there are other ways to deal with food waste other than compost. And compost is a very good way. But mm-hmm. I was explaining, I'm a member of the Clean Plate Club. And it's very unusual for me to have food waste because I'll tell you, I, my mother was a child of the Depression era. And <laughs> if food is set before me, I eat it. And that's the end of that. 
But there are other ways to deal with food waste, and that is, for example, to buy less, correct? Mm-hmm. To sort of keep a tab on right. on what are you doing. Uh, right. as, as, as you were talking about wasting mm-hmm. money. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so when, when po- most people hear about food waste, the first thing that comes to mind is compost. But compost is really uh, an end of pipe solution. It's like when all other solutions have been exhausted, yeah, it's best to compost it. But we like to help people kind of think more further upstream, like let's let's address this at the headwaters of the problem, um, which is really preventing the waste in the first place, um, and then having a good system in place for rescuing food before it goes bad. And that that can be anything from your practices at home to organizations that um, work in the community to rescue food um, from retail operations or wholesale or distributors before it gets thrown out or composted and making sure it gets into people's mouths. So, yeah, there's a lot that people should do on, on the, uh, the upstream side of things before it ever gets to the compost stage. My feeling is as we move into the new world we have not had enough and then we have had plenty and now we don't have any idea how much plenty we have and it's time for us all to learn not just the individual consumer but certainly the large retail food proprietors to not make so much that they have huge volumes of waste Mm -hmm. So I know everybody listening has got a grocery store that's got a long row of prepared foods. And we could bring a boatload of people in and they could eat for a week and maybe get rid of that. But they don't do, they don't bring boatloads of people in. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that that is just all thrown away. Yeah. Now, is the FoodWise project trying to offer us an option for retail establishments too? Yeah, so we're, we're pretty new. So really the only thing we've gotten to at this point is the consumer education component, what you can do at home. But one of our, we have the Food Waste Action Plan, which is a, our, long way, our long-term plan that is on a KC FoodWise. And one of the solutions that we're looking at is working with food service providers like restaurants and cafeterias but also grocery stores and working with them to reduce waste both on the front and back side so what they're doing behind the scenes as staff back in the warehouse or after the store closes is important but also how they interact with their customers and help their customers not to waste as much food as well because it's kind of a two-way street so that's one of our big uh, future efforts that we're going to be working on. Right. I, I think that's pretty terrific. Now, the educational component, you do that by having workshops. And so um, that's something to keep your eye open for, is that restaurants and grocery stores, even farmer's markets. Mm-hmm. At my farmer's market, we, we have a nonprofit that collects food for low-income people and the people the vendors at the farmers market are so generous at the end of the farmers market morning 
we can go around and they will give leftover food, which is still perfectly good. And we take it for people, for low-income people to have at a reduced rate or even for nothing. And so mm-hmm. it builds community. Definitely. Making yep. these kind of changes. Okay, well, we're going to take another short break. My name's Terry Wilkie. I'm talking with Matt Riggs on Eco Radio KC, and we're talking about food waste. Be right back. Hi, this is Bill Pierce. The All Souls Forum is moving from Thursday noon to Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. This is part of the new on-air schedule being rolled out at KKFI in the third week of January. Please join us for the All Souls Forum each Tuesday at 7 p.m. beginning January 23rd. If you or someone you know is suffering from thoughts of suicide, you can dial the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988 or go to 988lifeline.org. This is a public service announcement of 90.1 FM KKFI. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizerwitz, and this is Climate Connections. Most people could use tips for saving energy and preparing for weather emergencies, but they also often have knowledge to share. So a Minneapolis-based nonprofit is hosting workshops that affirm participants' traditions and experiences. There really is no rigid separation between the teacher or a student. All participants are learning from each other. Natalia Arevalo is with the Center for Earth, Energy, and Democracy. She says in the nonprofit's Justice in Home Electricity workshop, participants learn about weatherization and trade strategies for staying warm in winter. We've heard people say, you know, I start making more soups, or I make teas, or I layer up inside, or I heat up a sock of rice and use that as a heat pack. In a climate emergency planning workshop, people get a list of essentials to pack in an evacuation bag then brainstorm other items they might want. So maybe it is Vicks VapoRub or coconut oil that can be used, you know, for cooking, for hair, for cuts. Arevalo says guides for the workshops are free online, so anyone can use them to start culturally relevant conversations in their own communities about climate and energy. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To learn more about climate change, visit climateconnections.org. This is Terry Wilkie. You're listening to Eco Radio KC. I'm talking with Matt Riggs. He's a planner with the Mid-America Regional Council. And we're talking about the KC FoodWise project. So that food is the best topic for Eco Radio KC. We play at the dinner hour. And everyone is very interested to hear more about food, but this... Matt and I were not swapping recipes. We're, we're talking about putting rice in an old sock and heating it up using rice, a food waste, uh, t- to keep your shoulders warm in the wintertime. So the KC Foodwise project has been going on for how long has it been now, Matt? Four years. Well, the KC Foodwise project started 
uh, back in October of 2021 when we got the award from the EPA. And that the project officially ended the funding component for that from the EPA ended uh, this past fall. Um, but we're keeping it going at the Solid Waste Management District. So really the, so in, <clears throat> so though the, that project is over, the Casey Food Waste project really has just begun. And where do you see yourselves going? You're, you're going to educate the public. Mm -hmm. You work with, when you say educate the public, you're working with people on how to compost food waste in their yard? Well, that we, we have part of our education campaign, um, like we had a social media campaign that we launched with this uh, paid media campaign that we did this past fall. And each message would focus on a different area of food waste. So composting education was definitely one of them. Um, but our other messages, you know, centered on ways that people can uh, plan better, shop better, store their food better, preparation techniques, eating habits, sharing. So all those as well as compost were tips that we, we pushed out there on our social media campaign and through our digital media campaign. And so those are messages we're going to continue to push into the future at the, for the individual consumer. And then for the distribution hubs on a much smaller basis, I mean, there are huge distribution hubs of food in the Kansas City area, but those products are mostly canned or frozen. For distribution hubs like stores, restaurants, with leftover food that they don't intend to sell for consumer use. Mm -hmm. What kind of programs are you going to put in place for those venues? So one of the features of our website is, is the food system map. Um, and that is really designed for that purpose. It's designed to build connections um, among all the individuals and organizations that are part of our regional food system. So an individual can use it to look up you know, where's the place I can volunteer? Uh, where's a food bank I can volunteer? How can I uh, volunteer at a community garden? So you can find that kind of information. But also, um, if you are an organization or a business that has food waste and you're like, what can I do with this food waste? Um, you can get on there and find um, local options. So we currently have listed on that map um, community gardens, compost operations, um, farmers markets, uh, food kitchens, food pantries, gleaning operations, um, a few livestock, sorry, livestock options where you can take food, um, urban farms, and then we have like kind of more umbrella organizations listed under food access. So that would be like Kansas City Community Gardens is one of those or Cultivate KC. Also, you know, since this is about accessing food, we also have like the SNAP locations where people can apply for SNAP or where they can apply for WIC benefits. Um, so those are all on there. And that's really designed to like give people, you have an item, you have food you want to recycle or compost or donate, you can get on there and find a place hopefully that can do that for you. Yeah, well, thank you for that. And so now then this map is available for listeners to look at at what is your website again? It's kcfoodwise.org. Okay, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And so 
you're not overlooking the fact that there's a lot of prepared food in restaurants and in grocery stores and in food kitchens. And so are you going to suggest to them that they invest in commercial composting since it would have right. need to? Or you yeah. don't get to tell them, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. right. We can't require anybody to do anything. There is no can, ordinance. Right. That, yeah. But we can make suggestions. Uh, I mean, obviously, if, you're, if, you, if you have a food waste issue, let's say you're a grocery store or a restaurant and you want to tackle this way in a meaning, this issue in a meaningful way, the first thing you, you need to do is figure out, okay, well, how can we get this food into somebody's mouth versus composting it? Because that's the highest use is for food to be eaten by people that made it for people. So um, there's rescue operations, you know, anything from like harvesters, which I think most people are familiar with. Um, there's another place called Pete's Garden, which actually takes prepared foods and reportions it and puts it in containers for people to eat as meals. So there's a lot of really innovative groups that are part of, of Kansas City Foodwise tackling this issue from all these different angles. But yeah, prepared food is, is a huge waste issue. You know, so if you can do nothing else, at least compost it. But if you can hook up with an organization like Pete's Garden where they can actually, you know, take it, reportion it, and then have... Even food. preserve it. Preserve you just it. think, mm -hmm. yeah, dry it, can it. That's, mm -hmm. that's absolutely amazing. I live for the day that we will have more communal kitchens. Mm -hmm. But then you're talking to somebody who's on the radio until 7 o'clock at night. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I wish someone were fixing me dinner. All right, well, uh, if the food waste does wind up in a compost container as compared to a person's belly, the good of that, as we've explained to the people, is that the compost at sufficient high heat turns into a rich black gold is mm -hmm. what you called it mm -hmm. earlier. It's a soil additive that mm -hmm. is made out of organic material. And that if you like to garden, if you like to grow your own food, and you were talking about saving money, certainly one of the incentives is we can help everyone understand that it just looks cheaper to go through McDonald's. I, mm -hmm. I kind of choked on that. McDonald's or Wendy's or... Mm -hmm. Chilies, I don't care right. what, you know, you yeah. name the place, yeah. and get a sandwich. But the costs in doing that and the mm -hmm. cost to your health because it's high salt, high fat, not very good nutrition. Right. You'll be hungry again in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so it seems curious that we have to educate ourselves on this, but I think we got to this point, don't you, Matt? Because we started a fast food society, a throwaway fast food society in the 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything was, after World War II, everything changed. It became mass production, planned obsolescence, and all the other goodies. Well, <laughs> certainly I did see it in my parents who were born in 32 in the Depression, and they were hungry children. And there wasn't food. And so as a reaction, our society has kind of done the pendulum swing from having not enough to having way too much. 
So as we stand here at the opening of this century, we can be reasonable about what we do. We can create just the food we need, but create not, and so not everybody can be a cook because we're overcooking, we're over preparing. But there are jobs in cleaning up the waste. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. Yes. And what is Mark doing on that front? Well, the again, it kind of comes down to all the groups that are members of the KC Foodwise uh, movement. And I'll give you a couple examples uh, of two that are um, really doing amazing things with uh, job development and um, employment. And one is Casey Can Compost. They have a program called uh, Green Core Training. Um, it provides environmental literacy and work readiness training to individuals um, that have barriers to employment. So homeless, just out of prison, those types of things. And they work with them and actually get them marketable job skills, both soft and hard skills, that they can take. Maybe they go in the food uh, waste or maybe they're uh, become farmers or whatever it is, but they, they give them valuable skills. Um, and then another place that's really interesting is called Boys Grow, um, which mentors um, urban youth in the, f- in the field of agricultural entrepreneurship. So they train um, for, uh, like teenage boys to work on a farm. They te- teach them culinary arts, uh, construction related to those fields. Um, and all in preparation, both soft and hard skills to give them what they need to enter the workforce in a productive career. Um, and so that's just two examples of, of the Casey Foodwise members and the incredible things that they're doing that are um, pretty um, amazing and entrepreneurial in our, in our region. Thank you for that. And you're talking to someone who's familiar with the Inflation Reduction Act, the Biden Great Climate protection legislation that has passed two years ago now. And there are billions of federal dollars in that act that are going to go to communities. And I am well aware, Matt, that Mark is a receiver of a lot of that Inflation Reduction Act money for the Kansas City area. And I'm told if I request it, and here I've got a Mark employee sitting right across the table from me, that you will be, if I tell you I'm interested in job training programs and the creation of jobs Mm -hmm. around food waste, obviously it's driving trucks. Obviously Mm -hmm. it's hauling heavy things. Obviously it's moving product from this place to that place. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think Mark might be instrumental in giving opportunities to people to have paying jobs to to work in these areas. It's yeah. kind of like now we've come full circle. I've got my trash collector working for the city. I've got my compost collector working for the city. And we could have food waste collectors working for various aspects of commercial composters and people who would be interested in paying for that service. Mm-hmm. Uh, any ideas that you all might start work in that area? Well, so we, you know, we're, we're all about promoting 
great programs and organizations that do wonderful things that are beyond our ability to do it for whichever reason. And so one of the cool things about this website is we have a, a get involved page. And on that page, people can find, you know, stuff like news and events that have to do with food waste or sustainable food or farmers markets and that kind of stuff. But it also highlights both volunteer and job opportunities. So when people are thinking in terms of jobs and food waste, their first thought might be, oh, you, I would work on a truck collecting compost. Well, that's one thing you could do. But there's also, you know, urban farming jobs. There's, there's office jobs. So all of the, the Casey Foodwise member organizations have offices. So they could have people that work in their office. They could hire people that work in their marketing department. You know, they could hire sales representatives for their services. Um, so you could be, you could be, you know, working on a truck, you could be working in the field, you could be working in the office and all different types of work. So, so the point of that is to really help promote all the employment opportunities that are available in the food realm in our region. Matt, that's like the perfect answer. And it puts me to my last question for our discussion what incentive does the KC Foodwise project have to create less food waste? And you have explained it to our listeners so beautifully. Mm-hmm. To compost food waste is good for the soil. Mm-hmm. It's good for the people to learn how to not overbuy food mm-hmm. is good for people's budgets. Right. It can help create jobs in this area because we all eat. We all eat three times a day. Isn't that the truth? And so we eat food. We need food available, and we have food left over. And I want to thank you for being with us on um, Eco Radio KC tonight. Now, tell the listeners one more time where that – can all this information be found at your website? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And. Kate- caseyfoodwise.org. Uh-huh. Um, there's the take action section where you can learn all kinds of simple ways that you can reduce food waste and save money. Um, there's the plan, which is our long range plan. If you're interested in what our long term vision is for this project, um, there's the get involved section where you can learn other stuff than how to reduce food waste, but how you can get involved with the organizations that make up Kansas City Foodwise. So um, it's a pretty great website, and we're always updating it and Um, refreshing it and hopefully people will get on there and find what they're looking for. Well I want to thank you very much for being my guest tonight. I think that you have just been an hour passing out very very good information for the good of the planet and um, that's what Eco Radio is all about so thank you Matt. Sure happy to. Mm -hmm. Hi this is Maria Hall co-host of Lawn Disorder. Thank you for joining us on Tuesday mornings, 9 a.m. here on KKFI 90.1 FM in beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. We're now moving to Monday, 7 p.m. as of January 2024. That's Monday, 7 p.m. Lawn Disorder will be now broadcasting Monday evening, 7 p.m. So keep it locked in right here to KKFI 90.1 FM. Did you know Kansas City passed a ban-the-box ordinance in 2018? 
Have you been asked about your felony conviction on an application for employment or rental housing? If so, we want to know by who. Please contact the Reentry Subcommittee of KC360 at 816-231-0217 and let's help end this discrimination. This message is a public service of KKFI. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. When you find uncooked food lurking in your fridge, you might throw it out if the date on the package has passed. But perhaps you shouldn't. There's been a lot of confusion about how to interpret these labels. Like, we call them expiration dates, but they're actually not necessarily expiration dates. Anjali Narong is a Ph.D. candidate at Cornell University. She says the date does not always indicate food safety. Sometimes it indicates when a product's quality is best. But knowing what's meant is often confusing, because the wording on food labels varies. There's used by, best of used by, best before, sell by, fresh by, I've even seen just the date. Narong was part of a team that studied how the wording on these labels affects food waste, which is bad for the climate and consumers' wallets. She found that people were more likely to trash food if the label only had a date on it, or if the label included the word use in any form. For example, best if used by, or simply use by. So our theory is that people are interpreting these dates as expiration dates. Even if that's not what's meant. So the study indicates that standardizing food labels could help reduce food waste. But the wording chosen must be clear to consumers. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. The chosen must be clear to consumer. My name is Darnell. At the end of our hour, here's some environmental news for the week of January 22, 2024. Democracy Now! reports. The U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments in a case that threatens to severely restrict the regulatory authority of federal agencies on issues ranging from environmental protection to guns to health care. The case centers around the Chevron deference, a precedent established in 1984, which requires courts to defer to an agency's interpretation of laws. Liberal Justice Elena Kagan defended the practice. A ruling by the Supreme Court is expected in the summer. A study finds Greenland's ice cap is losing an average of 30 million tons of ice every hour due to the effects of climate crisis. Researchers published their findings in the journal Nature, which shows the ice loss is 20% greater than previously thought. Scientists fear the additional fresh water pouring into the Atlantic could lead to a collapse of ocean currents. Inside Climate News reports. The first uranium mines to dig in the U.S. in eight years begin operation near the Grand Canyon. The push for more nuclear energy and Russia's invasion of Ukraine has spiked uranium prices, leading mines to begin operating again in the U.S. despite long-term environmental and health impacts. Sustainability Action Newsletter reports. 
we have exploited the riches of our fossil fuels and renewables can't offer the same energy density and quality. That is why energy conservation is the only way forward. Our energy use must constantly drop by 3 or 4% a year over the next decade. Utility scales project like large acreage solar installation or wind turbines increasingly inspire opposition. They can require vast tracts of land, threaten sensitive habitats, prime farmlands, and tribal rights. Unlike those, distributed solar projects generate electricity close to where it is consumed, on home and business rooftops, and over parking lots. This bypasses the transmission grid altogether. Environmental Missouri reports. Solar hits a new monthly high and outpays all other energy sources when it comes to new capacity added in November 2023. Environmental advocates petitioned FedEx to go solar. Kansas City Business Journal reports. Orange EV sells their 1,000 electric yard truck and demand is still growing. Kansas City Star reports admits intense local opposition to a landfill proposed for the southern tip of Kansas City, Missouri. Lawmakers will decide whether to step in and give nearby communities the power to block the project. Less than a year after the proposal ground the state Senate to a halt as senators battled over the issue. The dispute is back in Jefferson City. Two bills filed by Republicans would require that city within one mile of a landfill built in a nearby city be allowed to sign off on a project before it is approved. The current buffer is half a mile, giving surrounding cities little sway over the project uh, proposed in Kansas City bordering Raymore. Residents in Raymore, Belton, Grandview, and Lee Summit have condemned the proposed landfill, arguing the project would hurt the health of their neighbors and property values. The landfill project is spearheaded by a local businesswoman with KC Recycle and Waste Solutions, which has hired 18 lobbyists to oppose the legislation. She told lawmakers that her proposal was an answer to concerns that as Kansas City grows, it runs out of space for residents to be able to dispose of their waste. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. Please tune in again next week or listen to our podcast at any time. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. This is Richard Mabian. Thank you for listening to Eco Radio KC on KKFI. FM, Kansas City Community Radio. Eco Radio is brought to you each week by a team of collaborators, including me, Craig Lugo, Terry Wilking, Brent Rysdale, and Bob Grove. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and not of KKFI and or the Midcoast Media Project. You can find our calendar and a podcast of each show on Eco Radio KC's Facebook page, as well as on our show page at kkfi.org. And you can send inquiries and comments to our email at kkfi.org forward slash contact or message us 
on our Facebook page. Up next is Law and Disorder, followed by Fiesta Musicale. And to round out your day, stay tuned for Noche Magica. Our outro music is Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. Don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you've got till it's gone They paid paradise, put up a parking lot Ooh. 